We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Woo! Jimbo! Coming in hot. That's what the kids would say. Coming in hot. Nick Erie here, Sports Talk Saturday. That's Jimbo Fisher. Former Florida State head coach, now the current head coach for Texas A&M. He was, uh, another thing that kids would say was clapping back on Nick Saban, the Alabama head coach, uh, if you've ever heard of him. Uh, the czar of football, called him a narcissist, the god uh, of football. And some might call my next guest on the Western Hotline the god of long-form written pieces. And I would be fine calling him that. I'm not sure that he's comfortable calling himself that. But it's my job as the host of this show to introduce the god of long-form piece written uh, written pieces of the founder of Go Long joining me now, Ty Dunn. So, Ty, listening to Jimbo, I'm not sure we've probably appreciated how whiny and just the biggest babies in all of college sports being probably the three most popular head coaches, Jimbo, Dabo, and Nick Saban, all of which are just crying incessantly about this name and uh, the NIL laws and everything that's been passed and, and college players getting paid. But man, I don't remember ever seeing a college coach dig in as hard as Jimbo Fisher has dug in against Nick Saban. It's, it's unprecedented. Yeah, well, first of all, th- thanks for having me. Of course, brother. Intro. You, you definitely don't need to call me that, but I, I appreciate the, the sentiment. Uh, I thought that you guys played, like, his voice on 3-4-X. Like, that sounded fast. Yeah. Like, is, is that really That's, as fast as Jimbo Fitch was talking there? He needed to get edited? through a lot. He needed to he needed to work through some things, Ty. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It, it's a joke. I mean... I, you just you sound uncomfortable in your own skin. You sound weak, and I just wish you know Saban, like you just said, no, there's there's no good guys or bad guys here. That's right. Everybody just looks small and weak, and just own it. Just own it. It's it's. We all saw blue chips in the nineties, right. right? We we all we all know Ricky Rowe got his dad the tractor, and you know Butch McCray got his mom the nice house with the yard, and hey. You know what, uh, Neon Badeau, he didn't even want anything, and he got a car. That's right. But, boy, talk about a film ahead of its time. But now it's legal. Now you can throw the money all over the place. We all know what the deal is. I don't know. At some point, it'd just be great if all of the head honchos sitting at the table that rule college football just sat there and owned it. And just don't – you know, and, and you, you know what the funniest part of this is, Nate? The SEC – came out what well, the next day and put a muzzle on everybody. Because <laughs> that's Nobody always the good move. <laughs> right, yeah, because oh, well, we're all going to forget about it, and this is going away. Where, I mean, lean into it. Just lean into it and have fun. Let them say whatever they want. I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you on the embarrassing part of this because – Part of this is, yes, it's the Jimbo Fisher response, but it's the original quote from Nick Saban. And the irony, the ironic part of this tie is he's sitting next to basketball coach Nate Oates, who we know very well here in Western New York, you know, former UB coach, takes on the the head coaching job at Alabama. And where this quote is coming from, Ty, 
is at a press conference of local businesses and sponsors, and they're literally <laughs> saying, you guys got to start to pony up here. We can't compete. Like, what? And Nick Saban has the, has the goal to call out other coaches by name and programs by name as he's at a press conference asking his local community to start paying his athletes. It's unbelievable. It's- it's like he was asking for it. Like he was, he he's you know he's the smartest um, you know narrator basically of a, of the sport at the college level. Like every word he says, he knows the weight it carries. Yeah. So to just kind of float that into the atmosphere, he pro- maybe he was just setting the trap, right? Like just setting it for Jimbo and just wanted him to go crazy. And somehow this is going to help him. I don't know. I really don't know how it helps or hurts anybody, but. Uh, yeah, you're right. It is. It's the forum in which he uh, went off like that is is nuts. You know what's crazy is like I. So at uh, at Go Long, we had um, uh, Talon Humphrey, mm-hmm. a D tackle from the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. He wasn't wasn't drafted. I think he was uh, at rookie camp with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Anyways, like when when we're talking, he had a hot minute uh, at another school, and I can't remember Florida International, and he was telling us like. Yeah, you know, when we were, we 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 had the tutors just kind of do all of our work for us. Like, just admitted, like you know, somebody else just did all of my homework and took all of our tests. And I'm sitting there thinking, if this is Taylor Humphrey, right, at Florida Internet, what right. the hell is going on at Alabama right now? So, it, yeah, in that sense, Jimbo's right. If you, all right, Nick, if you want to open up that that closet door, let's uh, sift through your skeletons. Good luck with that. And like, listen, there is a level of. And there's a level of truth to what Jimbo's saying, but at the same time, you know, I think from Jimbo's perspective, it's not like, and here's the thing too, we took, and this is what we collectively as a society in the social media era, take a seven minute interview and take out a 40 second clip without any context behind it. If you go back and listen to the entire thing, it is not as scathing as the 40 second clip we heard actually makes it sound to be like he comes back and here's the thing he shouldn't have mentioned texas a&m and he certainly shouldn't have mentioned Deion sanders because he's at an hbcu he is doing the lord's work right now to throw him under the bus i thought was really unfair from nick saban's perspective as as will smith famously said keep my man's name out your mouth nick saban keep Deion sanders name out your mouth okay but He may have a little point about Jimbo. The thing with Jimbo, Ty, is you come off sounding so defensive. This Nick Saban wasn't on his he was on a soapbox, no doubt about it, but he wasn't up there inflammatory and calling these people names and doing this and that. Like you come off Jimbo Fisher as a guy that felt like he needed to to set a press conference to defend yourself. And that comes off a little like if you don't have anything to defend, why'd you go up there and defend yourself kind of thing? Right. And that's where maybe Nick Saban is coming from, and he's, like, playing chess when we all think this is a game of checkers. Like, maybe he knew that Jimbo Fisher is, you know, he's got about he's got a short fuse, and he's going to have that press conference, and he's going to lose, and then all hell's going to break loose, and he's not going to look good out of it because I get it. You know, usually I'd agree with you on, okay, somebody talks for 30, 40 minutes, I hate it, you know, yeah. when five or six seconds of that conversation is thrown into a headline and that's all anybody's talking about. Like, I, 
honestly, that's a big reason I created my site. Right. right. Like, I, right. Everything's moving towards memes and gifs and nonsense, and you know, I'm all about the long form. But yep. at the same time, Nick Saban knows what he said, and he 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 thought about that. He didn't just willy nilly kind of trip into saying that Texas A&M is buying yep. their players. Like, right. no, that that is that's coming from a place of uh, strategery. One would say on Nick Saban's part. So, you know, it, it is it is not. It, we're all talking about SEC football, you know, in the middle of May. So that's in right. that sense, that's where I thought it was weird the SEC would just try to shut this down. You know, hey, sometimes any press is good press. Yeah. The NBA playoffs are going on, the NHL playoffs, the NFL is king. Why not let your coaches, you know, get in the ring and duke this Battle out? Battle it out. <laughs> Just absolutely. Yeah, I'd pay. I'd pay to watch that. Absolutely. I mean, after that, yeah, I feel like we may need to see round two. I just and and listen, Ty. Like, I part of one of the things that I guess bothers me about this whole conversation is I feel like the conversation around college athletes being paid in its current standing lacks so much nuance, so many layers to this conversation that you can't simply do the partisan part of this, which is you're either for it or you're against it. I think that is totally wrong and the wrong way to look at what's happening in college sports right now. I think it's incredibly possible to believe, because I think this is where I stand, that college athletes should be paid for the product that other people are being paid for, right? They are playing a sport, and the money that's being generated from their play is going towards the university for college football coaches' salaries, for libraries, for new facilities and weight rooms. Like, there's a a part of me that agrees. If you are the reason the revenue is being brought in, you deserve a cut of of that pie. But what it is right now, I'm going to say this. I don't believe it's sustainable. I think you can be in this camp, which is to say these players deserve something, but I don't think this is working for college athletics. And frankly, I don't think it's working for, I mean, just the NCAA. They suck so much that it's so hard to sit here and try to sound like I want to defend them a little bit. But, man, I just – this isn't working. Typical, this is not going to work, Ty. Theory, typical corporate naked. Right, of course. Up. What yeah. a, what a corporate shill I am, right? Like, yeah. But like, this isn't going to work, Ty. It is the wild west, right? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think we're on the same page. And like these, these kids. I mean, they're 18, 19 years old. They have a skill. You know, yep. they're yep. they're performing for millions upon millions of people. They're the ones responsible, like you said, the libraries and the insane salaries given to professors and all, all of this, all of this. And they're the ones out there that are the reason people go to school. I mean, think about everybody's dream school. Like I remember being a kid watching John Wallace and Otis Hill go to the final four. I was like, man, I want to go to Syracuse one day. Right. And, and that, that was like in the back of my brain somewhere as a third and fourth grader. And it stayed there forever. So it, it, in a free market and I'm as pro capitalism yep. as a kid, they should be able to get every dime they're worth off of their Skill. So, all right, how do you kind of fit that within the NCAA? Good luck, because the NCAA is a cluster you-know-what, yep. and they're, they're, they're going to trip over themselves at every turn. You know, there's a, a great story. Everybody out there should read it. I think it came out in, like, 2012, 2013 by Taylor Branch. It was in the Atlantic um, called The Shame of College Athletics. And the NCAA was, like, founded on such a sham. They, yeah. they convinced everybody that they had this authority – power when they never really did and i think that 
it's kind of tearing down. So in a sense, I kind of like the utter chaos. Mm. You know, I kind of like the fact that we're all seeing the NCAA for what it is and all of these power brokers are going at it and nobody really knows how to handle it because for decades upon decades, they've had this, this got free labor. Yeah. I mean, right. absolutely. That's, that's, what that is, is what it is. Free labor. Yep. So you know what? Everybody gets, re- they, they read what they sow and good luck, right? Good, good luck figuring this out, NCAA. Tyler Dunn to go long here on the Western Hotline. I got him for a couple more minutes. And and Tyler, what I wanna I I, I wanna I wanna get one Patriots question in, but but I'm not quite done railing on this whole situation. Because as much as both of us agree, Sabin, you're kind of a jerk. Jimbo, you're off you're off your rocker. And Dabo, maybe you should just shut the bleep up because I'm sick of hearing Dabo talk about it, to be quite honest with you. He just sounds like such a big baby with it. But Nick Saban, as much as I hate sort of the conversation being had, he does have a bit of a point. It's just that I don't feel bad for him because of the dominance he's had in the sport for so long. If this continues on the tracks that it's going, which there is no end in sight for me, Alabama's not going to be the powerhouse they've been. They are not Los Angeles. USC, you know... The big fl- Miami, like these big schools with corporate sponsors that will shell out hundreds of millions of dollars, those are going to be the ones that are going to utilize this new era of, of, of a football, of college sports and college athletics, and those are going to be the new Alabamas, but because they have the corporate sponsors to afford it. And I guess I agree with that point a little bit, Tyler. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, and that that's where it gets tricky because then it becomes – not as pure as it's been. That's right. Right. It, 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 if it was ever pure, the fake you know, innocence, it, the fake innocence of college sports. Yeah, I guess I'm not ready to take that leap yet. Like, let's see it. I, I think that these schools in the SEC have just built up you know, such a reputation that th- this is where you go if you're a five star yep. running back and you've got this skill. Like, you go to Georgia, you go to Alabama, you go to Florida. Like, I, I don't know. I it, like let's let's see if a, a really good football coach can go out to USC and and shell out all kinds of money. for But at the end of the day, I feel like it still takes really good coaching. It still takes players themselves being on the field and working at their skill to then get to the point where, okay, now now you can get that big marketing deal. Now, now you can get that big sponsorship. So, I don't know. I get it. Like, I, I, I get the concern. There's just no easy answer for it. At the end of the day, I, I guess these, these guys should get paid. They absolutely should be paid. I mean, you're out there, you're suffering concussions, yep. you're doing damage to your brain, you're going to be a different person later in life, you're tearing your ACL, you're tearing your Achilles, and, oh, you, you get a scholarship, great, but these, these guys, I mean, they're, they're probably not going to put that major to use. Like, they've been playing football their whole lives. Like, they've got this ability. So, um, I, yeah, I think we've, we've, <laughs> we didn't solve it here on the show. I don't know if anybody will, uh, but it will be entertaining to watch at the very least. So my favorite Charlie Weiss quote of all time is, well, guys can't take bubblegum 101 here at Notre Dame. That's why we're not getting the big recruits. So you, so what you're saying is bubblegum 101 is not, a, is, is not a transferable degree in today's world? Oh, my. You know what's funny is I, I can still remember sitting in a, a history 101, big lecture hall, Syracuse, and, God, I think, I think Johnny Flynn, Eric Devendorf, probably <laughs> a bunch of the basketball players were in there. And they were there the first day, and then they got up Never and left, again. and we, we didn't see them the rest of the semester. Ever again. Now, did, did they quit? The, they could have, maybe they quit the class, for all we know. 
maybe they got to be. You know, I'm sure Jim Beheim had something to do with it. Oh, I would right. bet. <laughs> I would bet that. I he would bet that. University, like these big figureheads, they, they run the show. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the answer is for it all. But hey, you know what? We'll all watch. We will watch. Undoubtedly. Speaking of watching and like what liking to watch, like tires on fire and the big smoke plumes. Um, I've got to get your because just because I feel like I haven't heard it or seen it yet. Your take on the Patriots and what this is going to look like with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia apparently calling plays. Like, this isn't a joke. Um, Bill O'Brien's not jumping out of one of those, like, human-sized cakes where it's like, just kidding, I'm here. And even if he were to jump out and try to save the day, you've got Bill O'Brien saving the day. What a sad state of affairs for the Patriots. Like, I've got to say that this is, if nothing else, we're talking about entertainment value of the NCAA we're going to watch. I'm going to watch, but Tyler, I, I can't say that I've ever seen a coach talk about narcissism just thinking like, I'm good, I'll have Joe Judge call plays. I don't understand it whatsoever. We all could not take our eyes off of that 20-car pileup that yep. was the New York Giants those last four weeks. It was it was tragic, and, and he was front and center. I mean, it was he was delusional, talking about, two years prior when everybody in New England thought they might get fired while well, they won the Super Bowl that year. And, you know, nobody's got the <laughs> right. golf clubs out at the locker. And, you know, that's not a thing. <laughs> that didn't Judge. happen, Joe Judge. No, like, it just doesn't – it doesn't happen. And uh, you, you can talk about culture all you want and, you know, spin as many cliches together that you want. At the end of the day, like, you need some intellect when it comes to the sport. And he did not display much of any. Was that a third and eight, third and nine when they ran? Third and nine. The, the, the pick pile quarterback. From their seven-yard uh, line, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Pop Warner special to give yourself a little bit more. It's, it's ridiculous, but, you know, if you read Seth Wickersham's book, it's, it's unbelievable. Yep. Everybody should read it. You should. It is different. It's just different there, right, with these coaches in New England. It's such it's its own ecosystem, and the it's just a different world, for better or worse, and Joe Judge was there for a very long time, so Bill Belichick trusts him. And I think that Bill Belichick is really going to be the one behind this offense. I agree with that. I don't know. How, you, know you know, it's. I get it. Joe Judge is, is there. Matt Patricia's kicking around. This just strikes me as Bill Belichick just kind of muddying it up. So his hands are all over this offense for one way or another. And I'm not that nervous from the Buffalo Bills. No, no, no. Josh McDaniels was the, you know, he was the brains the behind architect, Matt yep. Jones. Right, yeah. I mean, they did. I know everybody loves to mock. Mac Jones around here, but man, from where he was in September mm-hmm. to where he was in November, December, I mean, that, that Cleveland game, he's actually you know, firing it downfield and making some throws. So you lose the coach that was behind that development. I, man, I'd be I'd be really worried about that if I was New England on where Mac Jones goes from here. You know, let's forget the fact that, you know, the Bills just kind of beat the hell out of you twice. Uh, we'll see where it goes. I'm the last person that's going to count Bill Belichick out. Right. I, in terms of putting together a defensive game plan, you know he can he can still do that. But I think offensively, what did they do to keep up in a shootout with Josh Allen and the Bills? They got, I, I don't Devonte Parker gets you there. No, no, they got um, Peppers. Right, they got um, the safety. Yeah, Jabril Peppers. Jabril. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, you know, Miami's going to be interesting. Yes, though. they are. I, I Absolutely, my, they are. 
even if, and I know you're not the biggest uh, Tua fan. I am but, not. You know, How'd you know that? I, you know, a tweet here or there. You know, <laughs> here or there. Here or there. I saw Tua's trainer went after you. Nick Hicks went for Nate. Oh, is that right? I didn't even see that. Yeah, I know. I know him well. He was Devin Singletary's agent down at Perform. Oh God, I'm not work, the... work out at the same. Is that, was that recently? Went... I'm gonna have to look at that. I didn't even know that happened. A couple days ago, he wants blood. He wants blood. I'm into um, that. Even if Tua is Tua, they've got the best possible play designer for. I mean, they've got four legit starting running backs. They beat up the offensive line. Tyree Kill is somebody everybody in West New York is very familiar with by yes. now. Cedric Wilson's a, a solid number three. Uh, Jalen Waddle, you move him all over. Offensively, they, they should be able to, d- to design some pretty fun plays. And, and I think that they've got a coach that is the antithesis of Joe Judge. I mean, this is somebody who does think about sequences and how to set things up. And he'll he'll get the absolute best out of Tua. Uh, defensively, we'll see, you know, if they can – if they can stop or slow down Josh Allen, he's had their number. But I, I just think offensively they're a team that could potentially keep up with the Bills. Tyler, I appreciate you, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, your uh, your nice long weekend, hopefully in Chautauqua. Thanks so much for joining me on the road, and uh, we'll talk again soon, my friend. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.